spreaders welcome to the spread Okay, please don't hang me, guys. This year has been so insane. I don't know if everybody else is feeling the same way. Oh my gosh, there's just so much happening. So first of all, I am extremely happy to announce that I am now working with Deutsche Welle TV. to produce content for their station. If you don't know, they are the German International News Channel and are now focusing on very light African content. So my segment of the spread will be shown on a show hosted by my super, super friend, Edith Kimani. The show is called 77%, specifically focused on the 77% members of the youth in Africa. Creating content for the youth, by the youth, and yes, I'm still a member of the youth. So this is one of the things that's been taking up a lot of my time and I'm really excited to announce it now. Secondly, you should know by now that the Spread Fest is happening on the 25th of May in Nairobi. Intuitively, the Spread Podcast is putting together the annual event, the Spread Fest, in a bid to quench the insatiable appetite for this subject matter and provide a safe space in which to go about it. The festival aims to foster a sense of community where the challenges surrounding gender and sexuality are discussed openly. So get your tickets now from MOOC.com. There is a link in the bio below. Early bird tickets sold out in under 12 hours and advanced tickets are almost sold out now. So please, guys, please. Don't complain when it's too late that the tickets are sold out because I warned you. Get your tickets now. Our special guests will be the one and only Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir all the way from Tampa, Florida. Yes, this is exciting because it's a project that I've been working on for years. We will be having conversations around sex-positive parenting, queer conversations, sex sexual and reproductive health and of course our special guests will give us a little introduction into impact play more details are available on our social media platforms so please don't forget to follow us on at the spread pod across the board on facebook on twitter on instagram if you want more details about the festival we will be unveiling things as the days go by but for now let's get into this extremely wet episode of the spread with lola jean the squirting queen so lola jean is a sex educator a mental health professional a wrestler a dom a writer and self-proclaimed olympian squirter through both professional and personal experience, Lola brings a refreshing understanding to sex and kink to push individuals past what they think they're capable yeah, of. Yeah, this room is usually a massage studio. Oh, um, lots of happy endings have happened right where you're sitting. Yes! <laughs> and I am Not blessing me. many more, <laughs> many more, for many more happy yeah, endings to happen. For anyone that's like feeding off to that because we're two like female-bodied humans, it's actually usually guys and guys. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, how sexy. You can mm, beat off to that, I too. Exactly. I mean, like, I always, gay porn is my favorite. Me, too. Really? Yep. Okay, so before we get into that, because <laughs> we can go, I, I want to introduce you guys to Lola Jean, and I met Lola Jean through Stephen Penta, who I interviewed on the Spread Podcast a couple of episodes ago, and he was just like, you have to meet her. She's wonderful. And just a little bit about how we met. 
you introduced me to a class that you hold, which is a masturbation workshop. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've seen your vagina. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's a very pretty Join vagina. The club. Thank you. Yes. And uh, I believe you saw mine, maybe. <laughs> no, I don't I don't really stare. I just kind of like look around. Yeah. And I had an orgasm in your class. Did you? I, I think there was like a like an exclaim at the end that was very cute. Was, I was really like yeah. trying to be quiet. Yeah. yeah well, I kind I of like I was going to encourage people to be loud, but it was a bit of a smaller class and oh you should yeah. totally encourage people to because i felt like i was like am i allowed yeah. to come i didn't even know if i could come i was like am i allowed you to come are, we just don't want to ever want to pressure it because with masturbation the focus shouldn't be orgasm yeah especially in a class we're talking about people pressuring themselves yeah just like let's just not even bring it up so i wasn't all. sure yeah. if i was allowed to totally and then afterwards i wasn't sure i was like oh my god did i offend anybody in the class nah. <laughs> nah. i was just like i'm not yeah. leaving here without my happy <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So thank you for the happy You're very welcome. <laughs> and maybe you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Yes. Um, so I am Lola Jean. I am are you ready for this one. All right. I'm a sex okay. educator, a pro dom, a mental health professional, a fetish wrestler and a self-proclaimed Olympian squirter. Wow. So let's talk about each one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I can't yeah. remember what the Sex first education. That's yes. the main. That's the main. Let's um, talk about you being a sex educator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I guess like the brief synopsis is I teach people how to have better sex with themselves and each other, and that can be anything through kink, through sexual communication, um, through actual sexual acts and physical acts, and learning how to do those better. Um, but in the core of that, of what I try to represent is uh, having women or humans are socialized as women put their pleasure first and demand it to introduce men to anal pleasure and to consistently defy and challenge gender and societal norms did you say introduce men to anal pleasure correct Ooh, i like that mm-hmm. that's been my like focus for the last couple of months is specifically straight men like yeah it's yeah. really fun yeah well it's because like you're opening this whole door to them you're allowing them this experience that might have the social stigma on it uh it's there's a lot of things that i really love about that but i for whatever reason i think it needs to be like a straight leaning woman that introduces men to anal pleasure i feel like that's the only one that they'll listen to yeah i if believe we're gonna so. like change and honestly i think we're gonna change minds and hearts through penetrating their butts i said it in yesterday's I class freaking i freaking love yeah. it we're gonna end sexism with if just like every dude takes it up the butt that's once. true and plus yeah. it's good anal fucking play is good yeah i don't I, like believe us like trust us we know what we're saying <laughs> well it's like when people get on me for like i'm like kind of into anal play i'm not super about it on myself and when people are just like oh like what do you think about anal i'm like well on you or on me and they're like, of course it's on you. What a preposterous question. It's yeah. like, well, your body's the one that's like actually built for it to be pleasurable. Mine, it kind of depends on like where my anal cavity lines up with my vaginal canal. Yeah. It's kind of a pun intended to crapshoot. Um, but like they're the ones that are built for it. Though I am having a lover's coming from Amsterdam and he has, um, I was mentioning this last night, he has a long skinny penis. Um, so I'm like very excited to do some anal work there because not intimidating size, long enough where it might do some good cervical work. Wow. Yeah, I look at everything so pragmatically. That's, a, <laughs> uh, I guess, a good way of looking at everything. Yeah, yeah. But please share that story. Like once, once it happens. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be something that people would be interested in reading or yeah. in listening to, even just like as a podcast episode, whether or not you podcast. Yeah. Just do one episode. Something like that. Yeah. Yes, well, there's exactly. going to be a pegging workshop that's going to be digital. Um, and that stems everything How from do you like do a digital pegging session. Well, we're going to film it, but jockstrap, um, we don't have to like 
I can always use my hand when we're showing butthole things if we, you know, can't get around showing the butthole on camera. But otherwise, like, I'm clothed the entire time. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's more about like it's and it's not me. It'd be like the male talent on screen. So we'll figure out how that goes. But kind of to the prior point. So I'm an experience expert. Yes, I like nerd out and I'm always reading information, but like I'm also doing everything. So like right now I'm really curious and exploring more and developing my expertise on cervical work and cervical orgasms. I've had some amazing experiences with it myself, but I haven't done it enough and in enough different ways to really call myself on an expert on it yet. So that's kind of what I'm exploring with right now. So like I'm, I'm using my body for a science experiment for other people's benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Well worth it. Too. Yes. <laughs> I've had two cervical orgasms, um, with two different people and both times I cry. It's the most intense thing it ever. It really is because it feels like the whole body, I, it, yeah. like I can't explain it. It is because it's your, your vagal nerve, which goes from your brainstem to your cervix. So it really is your whole body feeling it oh everywhere. So this is a fun fact. And of it, this is a scientific study done, not just by me, but of women who are paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. Who are like, if you do any kind of vulva clitoral play, they weren't able to feel it. They stimulated the vagal nerve in the spine and they orgasm. They had like cervical orgasms? Yep. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. Also, it's just this like. This is some shit we need to be preaching. Fuck yeah, vulvas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Vaginas. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. Exactly. Um. So, Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I, yeah, I we went. Lot. That was just on sex educator. <laughs> We're like, what do I do? I was just, uh, I was trapped in the in the because yeah. I went back into thinking about my cervical orgasms, which were just like heaven. They're they're the most mind blowing, and I think least describable or I don't I think it's just for That's me it's because like I you know I've mastered squirting I know that left right and center but like cervical play I've I've been getting closer and it's a really interesting thing to discover but it's obviously a lot more difficult just because of where it's located in your yeah. body you need help yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't really do that one on your yeah, own yeah, yeah, um, right. or at least with precision yeah that's yeah. correct okay so uh mental health Mental health professional. Professional. Um, so I work at a psychiatry office where I am a medical technician, um, and I'm very lucky to be able to get trained by some of the best like doctors and therapists in probably the world, at least the country, um, and trained in using different kinds of therapies based on what I'm treating. It's usually people with depression, bipolar. I'm really excited. Um, something just got approved by the FDA where we'll be able to treat OCD and I get to do exposure therapy. It's just like really, it's a lot of dom work in a more caring setting, but everything's so related to each other from taking mental health into domination and domination into mental health. It's really a lot of the same thing at the end of the day. So it's really fun bringing my expertise into both areas. Oh, that's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's just really like, where do you? Because like, yeah. it, it also feels like a very full time. I'm just trying to figure out between. We right. haven't even gotten to the other things, I but know. between the sex educator part and the mental health professional part, when do you eat? Um, you know, when I find actually that was a period of time where I was working at the psychiatry office and I like wasn't eating and I was like, yo, I can't be working as many hours as I yeah. am here. So I've scaled it down a bit there, and I'm just like a couple of days a week. Um, and some there's ways I can do a little bit of my job and downtime kind of a thing. But those are really the main two. Um, Which are kind of like the bread and butter. Yeah. 
exactly it's funny like the psychiatry office is like you're just gonna get famous and then leave us and i was like you neglect the fact that you give me a w2 in health insurance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not going anywhere <laughs> i actually don't know what that is <laughs> well health insurance it, yeah you know that yeah yes, i know that w2 is just like so the government isn't like why are you how are you making money <laughs> okay got it okay so you're not yeah. going anywhere exactly okay yeah. kind of sounded like the time being, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay and then ple- i like that everybody's kind of saying you're gonna get famous you're gonna get famous I probably will like pseudo famous like I don't like you know maybe like some people recognize me on the street or maybe there's like I don't know some kind of TV thing in the works but this podcast is gonna help yeah we actually have a really big uh, North American following very yeah very people are hungry for it it's true I noticed that I was traveling in Europe like all over the summer and like there's just like certain countries where I'm like whoa they are chomping at the bit for progressive sex education yeah yeah it's just like when you have voices where you have to really be unapologetically yourself and just be like okay if my family finds out about this and they disown me then I got to be cool with that and once you have that mindset of just like going forward that's true that's the voice that's needed yeah I'm very lucky to have very progressive and liberal family (laughs) yeah but what's your number three uh job yeah. Or what? Okay. Yeah. On the list, <laughs> it was down. like femdom. Yeah. Um. I guess I would say probably wrestling fetish. Um. I do that more when I travel. But tell us a little as, bit about what femdom is. For, to oh, start femdom with. in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and with so femdom is short for female domination. Um. Which you know it's technically no different from male domination. There's just a subset and things that can be utilized in there, kind of playing off of just power balance and differential between genders and like things more of socialization i prodomed for a bit in a dungeon um and then eventually i like stopped taking sessions unless they were wrestling or humiliation sessions because like i enjoyed those and the others just made me feel like gross a little bit i don't like pretending that i like people um and i'll take prodom sessions now like if i'm gonna really enjoy the session and it's fun for me um but generally i like to keep the prodoming to both teaching or, or like doming in general to teaching or just doing in my private life i really enjoyed in my private life i'm it's much more like i want to care about someone to be able to give them that experience and learn about them and yeah. this whole process but like I mean, I also have a client next week that likes small penis humiliation and smelling my sweaty feet. And that's fun for me. Oh, my gosh. Those would be my favorite kind of clients if I was (laughs) a dom. Yeah. And he's a sweetheart, too. So it's like really fun. Uh, Could you tell us like more of some of the work that you would do as a pro dom? So people can understand. Yeah. Um, so I so can understand. yeah. And pro doming can really run the gamut. But like I said, I'm not, I don't really advertise myself. It's more of people that find me. So in general, with that type of sex work, um, it's people that seek me out. So they have to be serious about it enough. And it's also coming to me. So I'm in the position of power to be like, no, I don't do this. No, I don't do that. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Kind of a thing. But I'm going to find out what they're interested in. If I do take them on as a client, I do want to give them the best experience possible um, in the realm of my comfort and what they desire. Um, so I'm trying to think of like other past clients or things that I've had. But like I actually have a couple's client coming up. And I've had this request a couple of times where the woman in the relationship, uh, she wants, I guess, more tips in dominating her significant others, typically male. So it's kind of like I'm doming her to dom him or it's like I'm assisting her so like she can both learn from me. He can have the experience of complete submission and then she can kind of take the reins from there, hopefully when they're on their own time kind of a thing okay and do you predominantly dominate male men or um, do you, or is gender a, an issue a thing? gender's not an issue um i excel at dominating men just because 
they're a bit easier to understand almost in my book because they think they're not. Um, Yeah, it's just usually open books. Like I understand how males were socialized, where their insecurities lie, what I can do to kind of calm that and quell that. Um, Usually the people that seek this kind of thing out are men. Men are more likely to spend more money on this type of thing. That's not to say there aren't female clients. Um, It's just a bit more rare, especially for them to seek out. Uh, Women are just less likely to be spending money on sex work in general. That's true. I guess that makes more sense, actually. Yeah. And I have like male friends that are escort to this or that. And I'm even trying to work with them like, yeah, they would be a phenomenal escort and like pay for that time or this or that. And even when I was in Amsterdam, I'm just like, I feel like I should hire a sex worker just to like do it while I'm there support it kind of a thing yeah um but yeah just in general I've like the times I've had women seek me out it's been as a couple okay yeah I've secretly always wanted to be a sex worker it's not for everyone but (laughs) you gain a lot of knowledge it's really interesting and like it's kind of a thing once a sex worker always a sex worker yeah it's the best business training I've ever had in my life oh love it Mm -hmm. but also I feel like being a sex educator is a form of working in the sex industry not necessarily sex yeah. work so I do it like is. that I that you with everybody that I get to meet and with every experience that I have that I'm 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 learning and at the same time teaching I feel like my learning is teaching because of the podcast yeah so I really enjoy that tell me a bit about the wrestling yeah so I mean all these things I got into like not intending to they just happened and I was like okay let's go um that's kind of like my whole story with sex too I'm just like oh you want to have a threesome sure let's go Uh (laughs) second time having sex it's like yeah why not uh (laughs) love it (laughs) but uh yeah with wrestling fetish um and that's actually what is going to be happening here tonight in like a, a few short hours of a party that I'm hosting but with wrestling fetish it's this is another class that I teach that I want to introduce to the world because it's something that is so like underground and not talked about and people are surprised but it's actually quite common and it's way more innocent than people realize and it's super fun and especially the community of girls that has been built around this but basically what I do is I wrestle men to submission for money with my clothes on um doing I use a lot of BJJ which is Brazilian jiu-jitsu just because I'm a smaller bodied person I'm very strong but like I need technique um in order to really dominate in that way and as I started getting into Brazilian jiu-jitsu it's really fun and addictive firstly because I'm super competitive I like being strong but with jiu-jitsu it's not like you can be athletic and pick it up and do well at it you like you have to put in the time and hours yeah like it's it's like a chess match yeah, yeah, pretty much. And there's a lot of strategy involved. So you have to stay calm. You can't just use aggression. Um, and yeah, it's it's really fun. The clients in wrestling are usually sweethearts. Um, some of them, like, it's not like I always win. Some give me a run for my money. Not all of them want to do super competitive. There's some fantasy. There's something called lift and carry where I just lift them on my shoulders, carry them around, put them down, rinse and repeat kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also the girls that I've met in the wrestling community like are so awesome. Firstly, they're all just like strong, badass bitches. Most of them come from an MMA background and then they start doing wrestling fetish. Mm. But because they come from that background, no one really does anything sexual. So if a client's like, oh, like let's do a topless session. It's like, no, no one does that. Like this isn't happening. Or like yeah. this person did this. And we all have each other's back. We're like, oh, do you need like do you want to use this place for that? One of my friends just contacted me like, hey, I'm trying to get us to do a double session with this person. Like we're always looking out for each other um, and have each other's back. And it's just like, I think coming from an upbringing of like cutthroat women and women just trying to bring down other women. um, It's just really nice to have this group of like these like masculine, almost women that are just all making it in the same way. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, Is it, 
always uh, women fighting men inside the yeah I mean quote unquote ring y- yeah and I mean sometimes there'll be men that maybe hire women versus women or something of that nature I know that there is a gay market of like men for men but the reality is and part of the reason I got into it too is because there's a really low supply and a high demand so the fetish of it is is that men are supposed to feel masculine and stronger and all these things and I mean firstly no matter who you are it's kind of fun getting overpowered physically by someone Mm -hmm. especially when it's like you're not just letting them do it but they're actually doing it yeah but it's kind of going into these things that are very taboo and like naughty for them that they're being overpowered by a woman they're being emasculated they're being so do they come knowing that they're going to be overpowered by a woman or do they actually try to like fight you off depends on the person so there's different types of session depending on who they are too some people just like or they've gotten good at it and they just want to compete and they want someone that can hang with them um potentially like they want someone that can hang with them they maybe really want to submit but they're not going to let that happen necessarily um other people are seeking someone out because they're just like I want to get whooped I want to get beat down I'm going to choose this person or just might be like a fantasy scenario which like can be fun but also quite boring if they don't try and you're just like you know face yeah. sitting or whatever face sitting with your shorts on because we don't do that sexual stuff okay <laughs> okay and and then what happens so there's this wrestling the uh, matches yeah. that are going to happen and then what um it's, how many hours is, is the it's, party it's three for? hours so like I started developing this party as like just a way for me and my girls to hang out and make some money and also like you know sometimes we have like sweet college kids who are like and I say sweet meaning like they're darling not like they're sweet bro uh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> but we, yeah right <laughs> um, but these like college kids that are just like we're too expensive for them and it's like here's a way to try us out we're like it's still kind of around our rates but like it's a certain amount for like 10 minutes you can try that out or you can just watch if you're not if you're just curious and you want to maybe get into this because it's, it's $300 an hour. Like, we're not cheap. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And some people charge more than that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's quite an expensive um, fetish. And, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, I just charged at industry rate. I went a little lower when I started, brought it back up. But, like, we all do this. And, like, when I traveled, it was a great way to make money. And also, like, learn and, like, meet people. Like, when I was in Sweden, my clients were darling. And, like, we talked a lot about politics in the upcoming election. And, like, I learned a lot of things. They're like, oh, you should go to this place. Like, yeah, my clients are, like, for the most part, like all like incredible and nice and helpful people. That's this is all just so wonderful for me. Yeah, I mean, like, not <laughs> and, to say I've definitely had. I haven't heard much about yeah. this, this fetish. I mean, I've definitely had dangerous situations. There was one that I avoided in physically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on. there's physically. There's definitely people. But the thing is, is like we have a system in the wrestling community um, where we can warn other people about dangerous people or time wasters or whatever it is. Um, so like we're all looking out for each other in that way too. So like when I go travel somewhere, I will get a populated list of the people that have a flag on them in that country or in that Uh, city. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it's not to say that there aren't bad people. There are, but like by and large, and it's just pretty easy to tell when like someone's just annoying or if they're just like, I hate women and I want to beat you up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a fun client in Sweden who was just like, um, I really want in the session for you to like emasculate me and make me feel horrible for my gender. And I was like, oh, we can absolutely do that. Yeah. yeah, Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Just sign here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How old are you? I'm 29. Wow. How long have you been doing this for? A lot shorter than you'd think. Really? Uh, yeah. It just like fits I want to like know what you were doing before. Right? Uh, I was working in advertising. <laughs> Which, course. if you think about it, is I'm still the working gateway. on. Yeah. I was like <laughs> always like uh, fascinated by how you can manipulate 
someone's drive and their mind by like something that you can display or feed into them or a message, something like that. Yeah. So it's always been kind of about this like bind and power manipulation in that yeah. sense. And the same thing with going into like psychiatry and therapy. So it's all been kind of semi-related. Um, but yeah, it really took off when I was just super miserable in advertising. I was super bored and I was like looking for other jobs in marketing, but it wasn't working out. Um, so I just quit and was waitressing. And at the same time, like I've always been a sexual being ever since I started having sex. That's just kind of been who I am. And I've gone on these different journeys and they were all kind of like leading to this point. But I was, this is also when I started like squirting. So everything started at the same time, pretty much when I quit my job in advertising, I was waitressing, I was exploring myself sexually and I got fired from my advertising job because I'm a brat and I don't like dealing with authority. Uh, once I learned my kink profile, I'm just like, wow, it makes so much sense why yeah. I got fired from these jobs. How does one learn their kink profile? <laughs> um, just by exploring yourself, really. I do have kink coaching classes where I help people kind of form their kink profile. Um, but it's a lot of trial and error, checking in with yourself. Why did I like this? Why did I not like that? What were my behaviors? What were they triggered by? Everything's therapy at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just a way where you can really give yourself basically more exposure therapy and be able to see those reactions. Like that's one of the reasons why I really like sex parties. Like make no mistake. I have cried at many a sex party yeah. and I keep going. Cause like, that's still interesting Intel. I'm like, what was just like so shocking there that like I had that reaction? Why did I feel that way? And I can dig within that. Whereas like I might not confront something like that in another space. Yeah. I'm so happy that you said that because mm-hmm. I just had a recent uh, crying episode in during one of these like um, sexual, uh, it wasn't a sex party, but it was just like a gathering of sex educators yeah. and sex workers. And I was v- highly overwhelmed. I think at any given time, it's very intense just to be around all of these like-minded people yeah. and all of our feelings are heightened. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to trigger. Anything is is a, is a bit of a trigger. And yeah. I, I felt like that's at any given point, anything could just like switch off or like, mm-hmm. you know. And so I had a bit of a crying session and it was my first time, second. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to cry in this space and, and, I, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe I'm not ready for this or maybe. Yeah. But I'm, I guess from listening to you, I guess it's just like, it's growing. Mm, it's it's part of the process yeah. kind of a thing too. And I don't know, especially like, you know, with battling depression and anxiety and things like that, I really gained a lot of tools um, with my therapist that have helped me more than anything. And, you know, it's when I get into kind of these like moments every so often and I really just like let myself feel, let myself process and then be able to be like, okay, it seems like it's over now and moving on, but kind of figuring out like, where did that come from? Um, and just letting it happen, not beating myself up. And, you know, sometimes I know I have to like lick my wounds and stay away for a little bit before I go back. But I don't know. It's like, you're never going to learn unless you just like put yourself through things. And it's up to you to decide if you're strong enough to put yourself through it at that time. You might not be. And that's fine too. Um, That's even like in what I call my sexual revolutions in those periods, like in between I like not intentionally, but the way it worked out, like I didn't have sex. I didn't kiss anyone for this like two year period in between them. Cause I think I was just like kind of so hurt and triggered by that first experience and how it ended that I just needed a break and to like recoup yeah, kind of a thing. I can understand. But the benefit of that was when I went on my second sexual revolution, I like learned from my mistakes. I learned the way that I went about things wrong. I found ways that I could set up for myself to protect myself more, check in with myself and it was much more successful. Yeah. So, you know, you have to make your mistakes and learn from those yeah. um, and learn how to set yourself up better and kind of and even know that like you still might fall, you still might fail, but like, 
put a couple safety nets or figure out how to deal with that when it happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for that. That's also going to be helpful yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the squirting? Yes, we can. Okay. <laughs> you start. Uh, okay. So, I mean, well, the first thing is like whenever I start talking about this, here come the doubters. <laughs> is it real? Is it pee? Can every woman do it? Um, and yeah, sure, I can answer those questions. Um, I kind of get tired of it. And the reality is if we talk about first just human sexuality, we've been studying it for an embarrassingly like short amount of time based on other things we've been studying. Um, and then female sexuality in general, even shorter. And you can really go back in in history, um, I guess more specific like U.S. history as it's been documented, but like really inhibiting female sexuality and females from expressing that. Like it goes back to like Salem witch trials and, and things of that nature. And it's just kind of been repetitive over time. But basically, there aren't enough studies. There's not enough money in female sexuality because uh, we don't have penis balls and Viagra that are more incentivized. Um, so there isn't a lot that we can prove. And even on that, even if there was money, even if there was studies, uh, in my opinion, I think the it's really variable given the control group. Just because squirting is a bit complex in that there's voluntary and involuntary and you might be capable of it, but you might not tap into it until a certain time. So like, I haven't been squirting since I started masturbating and having sex. Like I started squirting consistently, like maybe two years ago. And I think I squirted once before that, like maybe five or six years before that, but I didn't really know that it had happened. But looking back and like, I think it did then. Um, But yeah, kind of knowing from that and then even uh, going into it and using, again, using my own body as a science experiment, knowing what I was able to learn. And even still, like I'm trying to contact a Eurogyne to figure out if I have a female prostate because if I don't, that answers a lot of questions. If I do, it kind of doesn't as much, but it'll confirm a couple things. Like right now there are two different like camps of sex education in their viewpoint on squirting and where it comes from and how it happens. And I can see both of them being plausible given just the facts and also knowing my body and, and how that works. Can we talk about them both? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it all kind of like, even though squirting isn't tied to the g-spot completely it kind of stems from that so in one campus the belief that the g-spot is this like very middle part of like the wishbone of the internal clitoris structure Mm -hmm. and i think in general all in all the g-spot isn't a spot it is a plane it Mm -hmm. is so one of the groups calls it a pleasure plane and that can be agreed upon um in that camp is that squirt comes from the urethra it comes from the bladder it's not pee it's diluted pee it's a little bit of pee um, but where the liquid comes from, that's more of an unknown thing. There are studies that showed the bladder being emptied, being aroused, when aroused, fills up with liquid. What is the liquid? Not sure. It picks up a lot of things in the way of the urethra. Um, but that is the main school of thought there. And that female ejaculate is something different and independent of squirting. And that's more of this milky white kind of cum substance. Thicker yeah, consistency. Exactly. That comes from the skein's gland, yeah. um, which we'll bring up in the in the other school of thought. Mm-hmm. Now, the other one, which came from this collective in Germany with Dr. Laura Merritt um, that I was able to um, discuss with and meet in Berlin. And they're fucking fantastic. They have a class on female ejaculation that's incredibly comprehensive and a lot of it's in line with what I teach um and in German it translates to we squirt back and they really take a stance at taking like non-gendered language changing different words changing the ways things are spoken about that I really admire but their camp is that it's all related to the skeins gland so the g-spot which is not a spot which is a plane is actually the skeins gland which is the female prostate and 
the female prostate, the skin's gland, it isn't like a spot, like an object, like a male prostate is, but it's glands that's kind of like embedded in the urethral tissue. So like urethrin skeins are, that's why they like talk a lot more to urologists than they just do gynecologists mm-hmm. because it kind of goes hand in hand in that way. And that there are different ducts around the urethra and that's where the squirt is coming out. So the their theory is that the prostate is being stimulated potentially by hand in that way. And it is causing the liquid to build up, similar that it does with the male prostate. When you stimulate it, the prostate may enlarge. Eventually, there's ejaculate. Um, and that it doesn't come from the urethra at all. It just comes from these skeins gland ducts. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what's causing it. Now, my thing with that is I'm like, okay, well, I don't need internal stimulation. Both of these camps kind of don't really acknowledge that you can squirt without touching yourself. You can squirt by using your pelvic floor, um, that you can just do it by touching your clit and engaging your pelvic floor. But when I think about it in that way, I think of like in similar to with the male prostate, you can use your kegels, you can use your pelvic floor to stimulate the prostate that way. That's what's used in internal male orgasm, which I view as the male equivalent of squirting. So if that's the case, then I am engaging my prostate by squeezing my pelvic floor. Um, but still, I all, I'm not buying that all that liquid is coming out of my prostate glands. It's definitely also coming out. I think it's coming out of my urethra and my prostate glands. Yeah. Um, and there is like, it's definitely not full pee and I have so many ways of proving that. Yeah. Um, but there definitely is like a little bit in there. Can't deny that. Absolutely. And especially, That's why it has a bit of a, a little bit. Yeah. Ammonia smell Ex- to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think when they have done studies of like testing what's in it. Um, but I think there's like, there also have found PSA, which is, um, secretions from the prostate in squirt fluid. So I, I think it's both of them. So I'm almost more inclined to go with like my camp from Germany. All of yeah. that really adds up for me, except the one thing is that I think it's also coming out of the urethra and the bladder in addition to the prostate. Yeah. But the other thing is I've heard that like the the female prostate, not everyone has one. And there have been studies where they've opened huh. cadavers and they're like, okay, these two ladies do, these two don't. Um, I don't know, the doctor might have just been an idiot too. Yeah. Um, because it seems like the skin's gland, it's like, it's not super like obvious when you see because it it's glands kind yeah, of a thing. Of and if they're dead, I don't know if that changes because um, they're cadavers. So that's why, like, if it doesn't involve me getting cut open, I really want to go to a Eurogyne <laughs> and, like, figure out if I have one. Yeah. Because if, it, if the case is that every woman has a female prostate, then every woman should and can be able to squirt. Um, but if I don't have a female prostate and I'm able to squirt, then that's proof enough for me that it's not tied. Yeah. So that's why I was saying, like, if I... If I learn that I don't have a prostate, then that answers a lot of questions for me. If I learn that I do, it answers some questions, but there's still a lot more. Okay. And that's kind of the beauty of that. Like, this thing is so untapped. Um, yeah. It's also why I'm really able to call myself an expert, just because, like, I'm so in tune with my body. I can have this crazy high volume. I can disprove so many theories that are already out there. Like, I'm probably like, kind of aroused right now. Like, I could probably just, like, pull my pants down, squirt right here in all of five seconds. I think my listeners would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to do on the microphone. <laughs> yes, I'll take, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> no, um, let me ask where you lie with regards to how women feel about squirting being a necessity. And, and yeah. so many women wanting to learn how to squirt. Why is it so important? Uh, well, there's, there's a lot of reasons when we break it down. I think nothing's a necessity. Um, you know, it's more of curiosity. And once I was able to squirt, I'm just like, what is this new thing my body does? And how do I figure this out? This is super cool. Um, I like always learning new things about my body. It's like our bodies are really 
awesome and amazing and it's cool that like even with like getting muscular the fact that I can lift more things in different ways for this consistency each week and then like that changes my body that's really cool and that's cool to me Uh and it's really just I mean there's muscles down there that I'm also exercising too so it's really the same thing but I think it's it's almost the same in terms of when we think of p-spot g-spot and if you hear any guy that's read like the multi-orgasmic man, they're just as obsessed with trying to figure that out. And like, yeah, there's more benefit to that because then they can stay hard and they continue to have sex and their orgasm is even greater once they have it. Um, And while I think squirting orgasms are absolutely amazing, I don't think anyone's missing out on anything by not having them. I agree. I actually have had um, a similar interview with a friend of mine and we discussed squirting and personally I found that like I have more intense orgasms without the squirt like my squirting orgasms are not the ones that are the most intense Hmm. I have more intense other orgasms yeah Yeah. for example like the cervical orgasm that one is the most intense of them all so I had a squirting cervical orgasm and that was the most intense thing I've ever experienced how many times has that happened that one was that was only the one actually no time. I've done that twice but that that the one time it really happened that took me a surprise so oh, this story is fun because yes, yeah. from the beginning <laughs> so okay especially because like what was all in my body at the time so I had my period so I had a diva cup in um and I was starting to experiment with anal play so I had a butt plug in and I was with a couple and he was like holding the butt plug in because like especially when I orgasm I squeeze my muscles for dear life and I was going to shoot that thing out like a torpedo. Uh, (laughs) So he was holding that. Thanks for the visual. (laughs) (laughs) So he was holding that and then the girl had a um, a Hitachi on my clitoris which like Hitachi for me is like really intense. I can only do that with a partner because I'm just going to give up. Yeah. Um, It's hard and like I think he and he knew that and could tell so he was like focus on the butt plug, focus on that sensation. So I was able to kind of like withstand the Hitachi. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then at a certain point, he was just like, okay, focus on your clitoris. And then it all just let loose. And I I described this as like crazy, like white hot orgasm. And it actually wasn't until I was like at my gynecologist for another reason. And I think we were taking my IUD out or something. And I was like, oh yeah. And like when they put it in, I like kind of fainted. Um, she's like, oh, well that makes sense. Cause your vagal nerve ends at your cervix. And I was like, that was why that orgasm kind of felt uh, like I was fainting a little bit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But Did I just shoot like, your diva cup out. No, <laughs> see all the right things came out and none of the wrong things did. Wow. Butt plug stayed in, diva cup stayed in, squirt came out. Because the Diva Cup is, it's in your vaginal opening, but like the urethra, the G-spot, all the fun parts are at the front. Yeah, yeah. I've had, actually, I've had like a lot of fun whenever I have my period on the Diva Cup. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, can't, I can't put it in. I've really struggled. Yeah. I've tried like 10 different times to put in the Diva Cup. Have you tried the soft cups? I have. Do you have like you those? Tri- they just don't, oh. they, none of them work. Because that I, wouldn't change my world too, because I've had penetrative sex with that in. I've heard of, um, there's this other one. It's not like a diva cup, but it's like flat. Yeah. What it's kind of like the soft cup, but it's a reusable one. I forget who makes it. It's like Flex. Lily. Flex. You yeah. know what I'm talking? Do you know what yeah. I'm talking about? I think it's on my Amazon cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing I as a soft it, cup, but it's reusable. Right. I don't know if it's reusable though. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if it's, if it's reusable. Silicone, it probably I is. don't know if it's, I don't even know if it's made, if it's silicone. It's almost like, um, like so it's completely flat mm-hmm. it doesn't even have like it doesn't yeah 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm describing it to people and, and it, it yeah. doesn't have the cup part of the cup and it's it has like it looks like cling for like cling film yeah, like, um, yeah. Sur- saran wrap yep i think we're talking about the same thing yeah yeah and then it's it just looks really easy to put i actually don't know if it's reusable i'm just making that mm. part up well they do make one version that is reusable okay um because like there's the one the first one i used i was actually at a sex party and i was just like uh i thought my period was over i guess it's not and one girl's like here take one of these and then was i used it cup? i uh oh, no this was like the, the soft cup okay got so it. so these were ones that like they don't last as long they're disposable apparently they make reusable okay. ones but you can have penetrative sex with it about. Yeah. got it got it yeah. got it got it got it yeah and i had penetrative sex on a church pew yes yep did that one right <laughs> <laughs> yes okay i like your sex i like your sex life i like it sis. me too <laughs> yeah um what was i gonna ask you oh we were talking the about squirting, squirting yeah. and and um just like how people feel about it and how people yeah. feel that it's necessary yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's for it's also because porn puts so much pressure on us and just women already have so much pressure to have their vulvas smell like roses and I've I've been getting into a lot of arguments about pubic hair lately, um, which are just ridiculous. But yeah, if it has to be shaved or like in a pretty lightning bolt or whatever it is, um, that we have to like perform a certain way we have to have these orgasms and now it's like okay we have to add squirting on top of that and a lot of times this obsession with squirting that I've seen really comes more from male pleasure than female pleasure is that the man wants to see visually that he's doing a good job and that makes him more of a man for doing that or it's just like oh you're a better lover because you can squirt or whatever that may be and like you know I'll be honest too it is kind of fun for that because it is a crowd placer and I can make someone entirely invested in my pleasure if it's like hey I have this superpower you want to be about it or not? Give but me like, your money. Yeah. But it like it goes against me a little bit too because then it gives me performance anxiety or if like someone's more focused on me squirting than me getting pleasure or getting an orgasm. Like a lot of times, like I squirt very easily, a lot more easily than I orgasm. And sometimes someone will be like going down on me and I squirt and they come up I'm like, well, you're not. No, no, no. Yeah, we're not done. You're not done. Yeah. <laughs> Go back there. Yeah. I was like, that's not the I'll ending. I'll let you know. Yeah. Like I call it done. sexual applause. It's like, good job. Good, good <laughs> at the thing that you're doing. <laughs> now wipe your brow and yeah. get that <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that I'm missing? About squirting, probably so much. Um, <laughs> Not anything. I mean, the main thing. So, in, with my squirting classes that are soon, soon to be digital as yes, well. Yes, let's talk about your squirting. Um, it's the same thing as the masturbation classes because initially, when I set out to do this, I just people were requesting that, especially because my voice and that I make myself squirt. I have that control. I don't need anyone else in that process to do it. So people want to learn in that sense instead of like being like, I have to have a partner. Or this guy's doing this thing to me, and I don't feel comfortable with him, and blah blah blah. Um, but in doing a squirting class, it didn't make sense to me because it's like, well, you're not going to necessarily squirt at the end of this class. I'm not promising that. And it's more of like a journey within masturbation. So I learned to squirt through masturbation and it wasn't in like one time. It was like over a period of time. And even when I learned how to do it, I wasn't just like, boom, control gushing on command like I am now. Like that took time and more tests to my body through masturbation. So I had the masturbation series. And then one of the focuses of that can be squirting um that one i mean like the topic is so popular just because no one's figured it out there isn't research on it um it's not a thing where like if you do this then this happens everyone's body is completely different there is a lot about a mind connection and letting go of your body um and then i think a lot of it is just 
with a lot of my classes too, it's just needing an expert or someone to tell them like, it's okay. Or like, here are things you may feel. This is fine. Do this. Cause there's been so many times like when I teach with other instructors and they could say something like one thing and they'd be with their boyfriends and like their boyfriends would say something. And then I say the same exact thing. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's just that comfort. Um, or, and then asking questions like, is this okay? It's like, it's totally fine. Or like, this may happen, just do this. Um, so I think a lot of it is like, you know, that's one of those things where you just like don't necessarily rely on friends for like blowjob tips or whatever it is, but learning from someone who has like mastered it and the fact that I can do it in like five seconds and hopefully soon to be world record holder once I... What is the world record? <laughs> there, So there isn't one set for volume squirted. I think there is one for distance squirted, uh-huh. which... I don't have control over that. God bless. Um, but volume I have a handle on and I'm pretty sure I can just decimate anyone. And it's with like <laughs> only with your person. So only with your hand, no douching, no like cheating of that kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Guinness won't recognize it because they're a family organization. Uh, but if I get enough like witnesses and journalists um, and make it happen, then they'll recognize it. Yeah. So um, and actually, I plan on like doing something with a charity for like clean water in third world countries. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So eventually oh, and I'll okay. like, do something on Twitch. I don't know. But I'm just like trying to find the right time for it. But like it's definitely on my to do list just because I want that title. Okay. And like my goal is just to set the records that to make it impossible for anyone to break this it. This is the uh, earlier you had said you were competitive. I think that's, that's <laughs> the competitive view is coming out. I can see it. I can see it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna go into your questions answered. Yeah. I've been having sex since I was nineteen. I'm twenty six today. I'm yet to experience an orgasm during sex. Even if I try the same thing I do during masturbation, still nothing. I recently tried anal and still nothing. I've thought about playing for the other team. I'm a woman, but I've not yet figured out how to go about it. I'm normally an introvert, and that doesn't really help in discovering new and amazing sexual experiences. Any tip for a single, eager female? Okay. So there's definitely some information I don't have, um, so I'm going to present like a couple different things. But the first thing would be wondering in what you currently or what she currently does um, can I just speak directly to her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what you currently do in masturbation that is getting you to orgasm. So you're, I mean, no one's broken, but like you're not broken. We know you orgasm. Um, so there's one way that you're currently doing. Maybe that's the only way. Um, my guess is that you're having penetrative sex and there's a belief that penetrative and like internally vaginal that you should be able to orgasm through that. But the reality is, is that like most women don't, it really depends on where your clitoris is in relation to your vaginal opening. Um, the majority of women are going to orgasm from clitoral stimulation that can happen with vaginal stimulation. Um, but recognizing that like, it doesn't mean that you have to have penetration, um, in order for it to be an orgasm you have during sex. Um, the other thing is that just because you do orgasm that one way when you masturbate doesn't mean that you can't train and teach yourself to orgasm different ways. It's going to take more patience. It's going to take more time, but you can discover new pathways to pleasure, um, in, in different areas of your body by doing different things, um, by using your pelvic floor. So, and if you're honestly too, if you're using a toy, involve that during sex. I usually like to steer women away from using toys just because I feel like they're so dependent on that because, The beauty of toys is that they are consistent. 
uh, and they provide a rhythm. And that is things that vulvas and clitorises love mm-hmm. um, that no human can really replicate. Yeah, that's true. So I understand the appeal of toys. So if you want to just see if you're able to do this during penetrative sex, like use your clit toy or your vibrator or whatever during penetrative sex and see if that's something that you can start to incorporate it to even train your body and your mind. Um, or using your hand and, and externally and that type of stimulation. Um, even adding toys of like, if you want to do a butt plug with that and just see how these different sensations and, and stimulation feels. I mean, even recently, like I added like a yoni egg to while I was pegging. Cause I was like, I wonder if that's going to make my like pelvic floor really engage and give me a different kind of pleasure while I'm doing this other act. So Did there's, it? um, the thing, not in the, I want to experiment with it again. I only did it once because when I've used Yoni eggs previously, I get really horny and turned on and it's like this like constant stimulation for me. Um, but I didn't have it with the pegging, but usually I get like, I in general, like get stimulation from pegging cause I'm both using my lower body and it's also just like the mental and physical sensation of it is really hot for me. But that one, it didn't result in like, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I can totally make myself orgasm if I have a yoni again yes. and I'm pegging. Yeah. Um, did not find it that way, but also like experimenting with like using plugs, like anal plugs when I have sex, that's been something that's like been increasing pre- pleasure for both me and my partner. Yes. Cause that changes kind of the shape of the vaginal wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're having sex, don't think that you just like, P and B and that's the way it is like whatever position you can always add different things and it doesn't mean anyone is any better or worse uh, I think right now of like the the hump the hump to hump over um, is just being able to orgasm when you're with a partner or having sex whether it's penetrative or not and if that means you need to bring in a toy or bring in how you masturbate um, it doesn't mean that the way you masturbate is the way that you're going to orgasm when you have sex um, there's you know different things that you can utilize with that person I always like if you're having sex with a penis owner of looking at the size, shape and length of that penis um, and figuring out what positions are going to work best for it, for where that hits you, whether it's anally, whether it's um, to your, your G spot or your pleasure plane or cervically. Like when I saw that long skinny penis, I'm like, you're going to be great for anal uh, <laughs> or whatever it may be. And honestly, if you don't want to focus on that, there is no reason that the sex should end when that person ejaculates or come. They have a mouth their mouth works. Um, if we look at the rates of humans with vulvas in orgasming, those who receive oral sex have a much higher rate of orgasming than those who do not. I think that's something more to do with clitoral stimulation than it does necessarily oral. Yeah. Um, but also orally and with our mouths, we can do things that we can't with any other part of our body or our hands or our penis toys, anything like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks. I completely agree with you. Um, I, I think it's very important uh, taking things slowly with your partner. Be- and I, I always tell people who struggle to have orgasms with their partners that they should try and engage in your sexual play moment, whatever, however long it takes, and do everything in your power not to have an orgasm. Yeah. And use, use play that way instead of playing the other way. Yeah, because so the pressure can take you out of it. Too. Completely. Mm-hmm. So just play knowing that you're not trying to have an orgasm and if you do feel at any time that you're about to come like stop it Mm -hmm. so make it so that the play session is that and you can do it so that you and your partner are playing that game so you know edge your partner and try to make sure that they don't come as well so have a session that includes 
no orgasms and make it last for like one like or two that. hours. Yeah. And that's just like, I think I feel like that's what's going to be the thing that then you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll know when your body is getting closer and then you'll know and, you know, at your next session, you can then take it to the orgasm. I think that's yeah. a fun way to that play might be with the it. thing too when you're alone no one's putting pressure on, i mean you can put pressure on yourself obviously yeah. but when you're alone that might be the the thing that you're not being like i have to come or especially if it's at the rate which the other person is um but yeah i really like that yeah especially like i'm the kind of person like no i really like long oral sessions yeah and like some people it's like that was great but like i prefer to like 30 to 60 minutes yeah 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 i, I do too i really like um i enjoy sex mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> long drawn long, out different yeah. kinds different you know let's stop yeah. let's get fruit let's yeah right exactly. i like the stop go away like it, people yeah. always think like once there's penetration or once your mouth is on my genitals then like we have to stay there and go yeah. up the scale to yeah. 10 but yeah i like pulling away and i like silly sex yeah me too laughing mm-hmm. laughing i love it mm-hmm. okay Thank you so much, Lola Jean. <laughs> You're welcome. Does, do people call you Lola Jean or just Lola? Um, either one. Well, I mean, easy way to remember is Lola Jean, the squirting queen. Lola Jean, the squirting queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the title of the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I've been trying to figure out what I was going to call it. But there you go. It. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show yeah, today. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for inviting me to your classes. Yeah. Um, and guys, if you guys want to have um, any information on Lola Jean, I have attached everything in the description box below. So please be sure to click if you're in New York or if you want to book her for any of her classes. I have all of her information below. So please send her an email and follow her on all of her social stuff bye Bye. guys this is our last episode of season two so please catch us next month where we'll be unveiling our all new season season three's theme will be decolonizing sexuality so much to learn so many amazing episodes as always please follow us everywhere where you get your podcasts and follow us on social media and please leave us great reviews on apple podcasts it's what keeps us going it's what keeps us at the top we are trying to create great content for you so please help us with those reviews that's all i'm asking for that's all i'm asking for that's the end of season two guys oh my god it's been amazing this is crazy we've been running for three years and we're just about to launch season three of the spread podcast see you guys next month i love you peace i want your love will you give me love make my dream a reality because i know i'm not gonna run around looking for something that's right in front of me right in front of me looking for something that's right Secrets with you, cause with you I had no fear. Because my soul is ready and my heart is vacant. I want you to be with me every step I'm taking.